Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Good day, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Ghost Chronicles International. I am Ron Kolick, and with me all the way from is the founder of Parascience, Steve Parsons. What ho, Houdini? How are you? So what, what do you think? I mean, I saw the show, and I liked it. It was pretty good. Um, I did tell you it was good, didn't I? It's kind yeah, of like well, Victorian, well, Edwardian X-Files. But the problem with it, of course, is we have commercials, and it just kind of sticks the whole thing up. Uh, well, it is kind of like, uh, you know, as I said to you, it's like the Edwardian X-Files. It's worth a watch. It's a good Yeah, do you have commercials in the UK? Uh, yeah, they try to sell us stuff. <laughs> we don't uh, take it. Watch- see, what we do is we always watch it on catch-up TV, so it, there's no commercials in it. Uh, we don't have that, that uh, thing, so... But anyways, I, I saw it, and, and, and honest to God, it just reminded uh, me so much of you and I. Yeah, uh, except they got they kind of got the roles reversed, because if you've just watched the first episode, you'll have realized that Houdini obviously knows loads about infrasound. How weird was that? Yeah, and I said that uh, you would be the Houdini guy. That's, that's yeah. what I said. Except, except yeah. for, uh, I mean, you obviously dress far nicer than I do. You know, you have all of the silk... Yeah, whatever. So anyway, anyways, who's this guy we got on? Well, we're, we're how's very full. How, how, how's that for an introduction? <laughs> it does. It sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> you go. You've done it for me. Good evening. Uh, well, yes, I, I don't know, because you dropped out then for the first time in the entire show, Ron. But our, our guest tonight is a fellow member of the Ghost Club and the editor owner of one of the most important resource resources i use on the interweb which is spooky isles uh, com and it's uh, it's kind of like my go-to place for finding out stuff about stuff it deals with the paranormal history all sorts of media films television and yeah stuff so um yeah so good evening david how are you david saunderson Thank you, Steve. That was a lovely introduction. Uh, that you're on the place you go for all your stuff. So, <laughs> well, I mean, what else do you call the paranormal? It, it is stuff, isn't it? You know, it is stuff that we don't understand. So uh, yeah, you have to put it somewhere to try to understand it. And that's what we try to do here at the Spooky Isles. So try to understand the things we don't. Now, I've, I was having a look in the in the uh, Pararex chat room earlier, and um, I noticed that. It's generate the the site is already generating quite a bit of interest. I'll wow. quote you one of the cool website. It really is, and this brings us straight into the first que- uh, the first topic, because one of the uh, people in the chat room, Cater, says, "I hope he talks about the Dublin pubs in his website during the show." So, uh, well, I as as, to- as we we you know we we often deal with Ireland and talk about Ireland, and I'm always in Ireland. I. Think that would be a cool place to start in the pub with a Guinness. 
Well, I don't think I don't think that's the right place for me to start because while I've spent a lot of time in Dublin pubs, I'm not as expert probably on the paranormal in Dublin pubs as you are. We actually have uh, writers all over the UK and Ireland who write about things, and Anna Regan wrote that. So uh, I I can't really talk about I could talk about pubs here in London. I could give you an expert <laughs> expert uh, you know talks about that kind of thing, but uh, Dublin's not. But I mean, you, you've done. Have you been into many pubs in Dublin, uh, Steve? I've been in plenty of pubs in Dublin, um, but never ghost hunting. Um, on my way from or to or, or whilst talking about, but never uh, to undertake a ghost hunt. Uh, so I, I think we're going to have to stick to London pubs. Well, the funny thing about Dublin is when, when I asked and I actually asked her a couple of weeks ago to write this and investigate it and find out what was happening with Dublin ghost pubs, she said there was she could only find 11 of them, which I find amazing. She said there's just not a lot of haunted pubs in, in Dublin. And I don't know what that's uh, about unless they – well, I don't get it at all. But Well, having been in plenty of Dublin pubs, I'm guessing that she probably got to 11 and then fell over. Yeah, that's probably more likely, yes. Yeah. Yeah, so, so, uh, you cannot go into a Dublin pub. And yeah. uh, and not not have uh, a pint of the black stuff. That's right. So, I mean, is they're, they're more into the into the stout than the spirits, obviously. So, uh, uh, the, uh, rather than the, uh, I was going to say Bushmills, but that's not right. That's more Northern Ireland, isn't it? Uh, what are they? What is yeah. it? Uh, Jamisons. Jamisons. Guinness. Jamisons. Do you know what? Yeah, I actually so, don't uh, like. I don't like Guinness, but there you go. So. Um, I was looking uh, right on the front. I mean, you heard us talking uh, about Conan Doyle and Houdini at the start of the show uh, because I caught on to this ITV uh, drama that's been running, and um, which is Houdini and Doyle. It's 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 entirely you know fictional based upon the two characters. Yeah. Um, yeah. Kind of like an Edwardian X Files, but I noticed as soon as I uh, as soon as you you know front page of the website Conan Doyle. Um, his picture is emblazoned all over it, Conan Doyle uh, with his ghost. Yeah, so it's the Conan Doyle of the Mysterious World of Light. A, a good friend of mine, Matt Wingert, who's a, a researcher and writer based in Portsmouth, uh, has written this new book about uh, Conan Doyle and his spiritualism. And, uh, you know, we, we think of Conan Doyle, we think of Sherlock Holmes, this man who is, you know, the, the world's most famous consulting detective who's, you know, all about logic and these, you know, everything you think about Sherlock Holmes. But when it comes to real life, Conan Doyle was a spiritualist and he believed in things that, you know, he believed, he literally believed in fairies at the bottom of the garden. So uh, he, he came up with, he was the one that supported the, the idea with the, you know, the wee girls that had the cutouts mm-hmm. of the, the fairies. So he's a, he's a very sort of a, I don't, a, a contrasting figure, I suppose, in his thoughts. He was a very logical, he's a medical doctor, but he believed in spiritualism, so I, I I find that fascinating, and I think that's what with this TV series that you're talking about with uh, with Houdini, it, it does show that you know these characters, you know, who are highly respected, uh, you know, leaders in the community, uh, you know, at the top of society, you know, are quite open about spiritualism. It's something you maybe not have today, and that's why I think you know that's why I love this stuff so much. It's you know, it really shows us what the you know what the world used to be like, and not so long ago. Well, I mean, Doyle was um, an, a, a famous champion for spiritualism. He wrote uh, the two volumes, The History of Spiritualism, and uh, many other books, including, as you just alluded to, The Cottingley Fairies, uh, that famous case that took place in West Yorkshire uh, just after mm. 
the First World War. And uh, I think, if I'm, if I'm correct, going back to the Irish connection again, the granddaughter of one of the girls uh, still lives in Northern Ireland and has herself written a book which describes the family's experiences of the of the Cottingley story. But Doyle, interestingly, came back after he after he passed over. Uh, if we're if we're to believe the spiritualists, as what? White Cloud, um, and and continued uh, communicating from the other side and describing his experiences, um, and giving the inevitable words of wisdom as they do uh, once mm. they get to the other side. Uh, but Doyle was, it is a kind of suspend belief, isn't it? I mean, Doyle was a, a character who who through his writings he wrote the history of the Boer War. And, and as you say, the, the works of uh, Doyle, who, um, sorry, Sherlock Holmes, who was mm. the man of ultimate logic. And yet Doyle himself was a man who many criticised for his spiritualist beliefs. Yeah, I mean, it, it was sort of like he was he was quite open to... Like, I've spoken to Matt about this. I was actually in Portsmouth last week uh, visiting Matt, and we were doing you know, a little bit of filming on the... Just for the spooky hours. You know, I've sort of started doing some films on my phone. You know, nothing too professional, but it, it looked all right. And he was bringing us around all the places that were important to Conan Doyle, because Conan Doyle wrote Sherlock Holmes in Portsmouth, and at that time, it was around that time that he sort of developed his spiritualism. And uh, it just... It, Matt, talk, I mean, Matt would be a very good person for you to have on the show because he could talk about all this stuff much better than I can. Uh, he spoke about the idea that, you know, like especially with, you said, with the, the fairy story, the, the little girls, uh, it was the idea that he couldn't believe that little girls would make things up. So he was very believing in things. You know, you would, you know, this was at a time in Victorian society where children were seen but not heard. So if, if, if little girls said something and they saw something, well, they couldn't possibly make it up. So he was a very... Uh, the believing person, which we wouldn't necessarily be do today. So uh, I, I just think that's why uh, I think it's it's a fascinating story. The whole the whole thing with Conan Doyle, this Houdini thing. I've not watched the TV show yet. Uh, I've heard a couple of little things about it, and you know, it sounds like it's basically a lot of it's made up just for a bit of action and stuff like that. So, but you know, we're used to that kind of stuff with television, aren't we? So, oh, it truly is. I mean, I. I... I, when I was trying to um, persuade Ron to to watch the program, I was describing it. I, I mean, we've had several attempts. We 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 had the um, the docudrama that looked at uh, the Enfield case, yeah. Um, in which was- uh, a previous show guest and Ghost Club member Guy Guy uh, Guy Playfair got uh, thrown against the ceiling. Yeah, no, I, 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 I was in the, we, we had him speak to us at the Ghost, it was actually at the Ghost Club, I think, when you were there. Was, was that's he right, the that's right, yeah, that's right. A couple, the month before last, and uh, yeah, I mean, I've heard all the stuff that Guy's got to say, and I mean, I think Guy's biggest issue with it was that they left out all, they added stuff and they left out all the good stuff. He, he said, well, you've got to hold they this. They left out some extraordinarily good stuff out of that program, um, in favour of, yeah. Oh, Guy was a guest on the show a couple of weeks ago. Um, we were fortunate to have him on, um, although we were, we were, we only touched briefly on the Enfield case. Uh, but with with Houdini and Doyle, they've I think they've actually stayed slightly truer to the character um, and concentrated on developing what are are interesting storylines. Uh, although you know the storylines themselves are out of out of time, out of place because in the first uh, episode. Uh, of the, I think it's nine parts in total, they actually uh, reveal that the source of the, uh, well, I'm not going to give too much away, but infrasound is involved. Uh, yeah. Of course, infrasound is something that doesn't come along until the late 1990s, so, yeah. know, 70 or 80 years later. But it doesn't spoil a story. 
And yeah. so I, th- I think the writers have done an excellent job and put together what I said was like an Edwardian X-Files. Yeah, uh, but, but that's not what we're here to talk about, is it? No, what we're no, here to talk no. about is my go-to website. Yes, well, Spooky, I'm actually reading out your go-to website at the moment. As we're talking, the, there was actually a review of this uh, Houdini and Doyle show, so I was just going to use that to, uh, to back myself up with anything you asked me about. So, uh, you know, uh, it's, you know I mean, we've been running the Spooky Isles now for five years, or it's coming up to five years. Uh, I, when I first came to Britain... Why did you start it? What's that, sorry? How come you well, I first came to Britain in about 2011, or what was 2011, I'm Australian, and uh, I was oh. sort of, well, yeah, so, oh, well, you know, yeah. and uh, I wanted to basically write a blog, just, you know, things like today, and, uh, hello, you there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, all right, and uh, I... Uh, I wanted to basically write a, almost like a postcard back to Australia. These are all the fascinating things I'm seeing here living in London. And uh, I just found that, you know, I, I've always been into sort of the paranormal, horror, dark history from, you know, a little kid, you know, when you're at the library, you read all the sort of books, the, the old Peter Underwood books and stuff like that. So I started writing, you know, things about what I was doing, films I was watching, and uh, I got in contact with a few more people. And before you knew it, I had a range of people all over Britain and Ireland uh, who were interested like me. So I thought, well, let's do the Spooky Isles. Uh, I thought it's all about... Britain and Ireland, we don't tend to do stuff that's outside of, uh, we don't do stuff that's like American or Canadian or Australian or anything like that. We'll run stories about films from there if they're relating to, say, Frankenstein or Dracula or things that have got like a connection to uh, the UK. Uh, but I, I just thought there's a lot of, there's lots of websites out there that cater for America and Canada and stuff like that. Look, we need a, we need a British one, an Irish one, and that's what we've got. And so in the past f- near five years, we've got about 3,000 articles that are relating to basically all sorts of things. And it's really opened up Britain to me, I think, because I, I meet fascinating people like you, Steve, and, uh, you know, the Ghost Club, and I've run events, and, you know, it's, it's about the entertainment of paranormal and, uh, and horror. It's got the science part of it as well, but it's just about, you know, why do we love this stuff? Why are we doing it? Because it's fun, and that's what I want yeah, the Spooky Hours yeah. to be about. You just reminded me I'm supposed to be writing you an article for the... <laughs> you are. I wasn't going to yes. remind you. Uh, yes, we're, yeah, we're, yeah, we're yeah. doing all... Sorry, I'm sitting here for... I'm feeling guilty, guilty enough as it is. But growing up in Australia, because uh, here in the UK, uh, we, we've had uh, one or two uh, sort of minor series that, that looked at hauntings of Australia in a, in a very sensationalist way. But what, I mean, is, is there a large sort of paranormal uh, interest in Australia? Uh, you know, what, what was it in your childhood that inspired you to get into this weird stuff? Well, it's more probably like your Osborne Book of Horror or your sort of Hamlin Book of Horror as you get in your library. It wasn't really anything that was out there because, I mean, you think about it, before the internet, the world was quite insular. Like, unless you knew people or you were, new, you know, like if I'd lived in London, I might have known someone in the Ghost Club, but the chances are I wouldn't. So back in Australia, there was nothing like that. It was just people were interested in, you know, horror films or maybe whatever was on, whatever was on the telly or whatever was... Uh, you know, on your bookshelf at the library or the bookshop. So I was only, my only connection to it was 
really reading library books. And uh, and that's why, you know, I was very oh, – my big thing at that time was Glam's Castle. I always thought that was fascinating. Ah, as well. yes. I just thought that's just, you know, you've got you, – basically it's it's the ultimate in, you know, horror house really. You've got like a, a creature that lives in a cellar that sort of thing. You know, it's, all, it's all the, you know, m- marvellous stuff and there's ghosts and, you know, there's, you know, all the kind of things you want. And I, I love that. And I love sort of, you know, stories of like, you know, headless ladies and, you know, wraiths and uh, spectres and, you know, headless horsemen and all that kind of stuff. And uh, it was just – it was just – it just – for little boys, that's just a magnificent thing, isn't it? That's what you love, isn't it? You want horrors and monsters. So, uh, but uh, as far as what the community's like in Australia, I really don't know. I, I tend to see it now more because I'm doing this stuff here and I see Twitter and Facebook. Uh, Australia's a very young country, and so therefore the amount of uh, sort of historic tales of hauntings and stuff like that don't really exist. You maybe find some of them around... Uh, <laughs> Hello, hello, yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Yeah, we yeah, can sorry, still I'm just, hear you. I'm just, I'm just hearing things clicking on and off on, on Skype. Uh, the, I, I, you tend to see more of it nowadays where people do it from a tourism point of view. You'll uh, be, you'll see stuff like they'll do ghost tours in different old hospitals or uh, J. There's J Ward, which is in Ararat, which the was the mental, the the criminally insane asylum which is in the central Victoria, the goldfields. And that sounds really cool to me. But that, that's as sort of close as you're going to get to anything that would be like on the same level as here in L- London or Britain or Ireland because most of the stuff in Australia is quite new. Like even mm-hmm. Geelong, where I'm from, while it's, it was basically founded about 1840, like in the last 50 or 60 years, most of the buildings have all been knocked down. So there's nothing really there that you would think this is a spooky place. So uh, I know that there's a lot of paranormal societies now popping up around Australia, but that's probably more to do with the uh, the most haunteds and the, the the same thing that's happened here in Britain. You've got a whole, whole lot of more paranormal, you know, investigator groups here in Britain because of the TV shows. Uh, mm-hmm. Is the same the same thing as Australia. You have lots more little groups popping up doing investigations, and I've never had anything to do with it. Not not it's just I wasn't into it when I was there. If I was ever to go home, right. I'd probably do that. But yeah, it's it's not really a. It's I think it's much stronger here in Britain because Britain has a uh, a culture of uh, ghosts and uh, you know the supernatural. Well, I was going to you, you've you've kind of brought me into the next question, which is: Are there any? I mean, we have we have a, 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 a sort of common ancestry with uh australia in terms of well <laughs> you're all our criminals you know we yeah packed you all over there uh but is is there a, a cultural difference because you know because of the diverse uh, uh sort of separation between the two cultures i mean is there a I, I know that the aboriginal tribes um the aboriginal people of australia like a lot of aboriginal nations around the world have um a lot of spiritualist and spiritualist spiritualistic beliefs you know they yeah. they they which which we kind of lost here in the west um has that impacted on the culture in australia not really i mean i i think what you find in australia is and this is very unfortunate that uh just mainstream australia has basically ignored you know indigenous the, the any indigenous culture so from, from growing up my, my idea of, of aborigines and this is not not particularly racist or not particularly it just wasn't really spoken about so mm. all i know you know you you know probably the same way you think about it you know they have boomerangs they hunt <laughs> they uh you know eat a kangaroo or emu or something like that and i don't, I don't mean that to be frivolous i'm just meaning no that no, no 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 we, we are, to know 
you know, it's only, you know, in my mind, you, you never knew this kind of stuff. You never knew. We had a, always at school, we had a thing called, like, a, it was called the dreaming. And it's uh-huh. uh, the way that they, uh, what we would, it's a creation myths. So the way yeah. we would, uh, you know, we have our creation myths of Adam and Eve and things like that. Whereas they have their creation, creation myths where it'll be like a, a giant snake will, you know, will have, you know, fallen down and died or something like that. It becomes a river. You know, that's the kind of, uh, that's the kind of stuff we were taught. We were never really taught anything stronger than that uh there was also you know you, you hear things like bunyips i don't know if you know about bunyips but they were yeah kind of, yeah they, they, were, they were the kind of the cool ideas. name Bunyip, bunyips and uh yowies i think yowies are basically yeah, the same yeah. they're sort of like they supposed to live in a billabong which is basically like a little little uh <laughs> little creek you know, ri- it's you know, so river, good to river. get our own back on the americans <laughs> yeah so uh they have got a clue what we're talking about <laughs> It is so. Uh, but you got so these are things that, like, to my mind, when I think of a yaoi, I think of a chocolate bar. But uh, but bunyips. <laughs> but again, they were like on. I remember kids' TV when I was growing up. There was Alexander Bunyip. So they're not terrifying things. It's basically like you know, it'd be basically like saying Alexander Bigfoot. You know. But these are creatures that are supposedly you know with spirits or some kind of monsters. I always got the idea that they were basically like a Bigfoot who lived in a you know lived down by the river. And I think it was more to scare the. the the Aboriginal kids not to go down there because they might fall in the mud or you know, drown, which is mostly most what things these things come up, aren't they? So uh, that was the kind of uh, we never really got much education about what what the cultural beliefs were of, of the indigenous population. Uh, so I can't really I can only talk of you know you, you hear stories and stuff like that. There's really not you never really got a lot of uh, ghost stories when you're growing up in Australia. Uh, you'd hear every now and then bits and pieces in the papers and stuff like that but like right. really really not a lot like you know we're, we're talking like you know once every three or four years uh i did find i found out one story which i think you'll find fascinating which it actually involves a creek so this is pretty cool uh i was talking to my sister a couple of years ago just talking about this and how you know how i was getting interested in it and i asked her had she ever seen anything or ever heard anything uh you know supernatural and she was quite you know quite upfront about it and she was talking about that she works in an aged care facility in our hometown and it's a you know for, for, for old people aged care and uh as you imagine in aged care facilities there's lots of death i mean people are dying every day it's a it's a it's a matter of fact it's it's life yeah and uh this is the real this is really creepy this moira is not the kind of person that would uh make this kind of stuff up just to entertain me she, she said it as a matter of fact as I said, she said apparently when anyone's about to die you, you, say, say an old woman will be in there you know she's you know not well and she's about to die or whatever it might be they will see two little children that'll wander up the the corridor and they'll say to the nurse you know who are those little children running up you know running up and down the stairs can you get them to stop and uh, the nurse will say, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll do that for you. Apparently those kids are not kids at all. They're some kind of ghosts. And Maury doesn't know what it is, but it's just, ex- it's, just ex- it's just expected. It happens all the time. And, you know, I find that really, really creepy. I don't know about you, but I just think that's – I mean, have you heard of things well, I, like that before? Yeah, well, I, I mean, I worked in – I worked in um, as a nurse. So I've worked in those sort of environments. Uh, so that's entirely in keeping with with stories that I've I've also heard, uh, but it was cool to to come up with bun yips and yowies because yeah. Ron's always throwing puckwudgies at me and yeah. um, and then chuckling that I don't know what these things are. But yeah. Ron, do, I mean, I just want to make sure that Ron's mic is working. Ron, can you yeah. can you can you say something? Oh, no, well, that was good. Well, that was good because I was going to ask him about the. Um, 
if the, there's a Native American influence on the paranormal, because we have everything in America is, or the majority of cases, including the Seattle Portuguese, of course, is dumped onto a Native American burial ground. It seems like half of yeah. uh, the United States has been built, every haunted house in America has been built onto a Native American burial ground. Yeah. So, um, yeah, no, this, uh, I've not heard that in Australia anyway, because I mean, we, we, they, they protect that kind of thing in Australia, so. We we also have a question in the chat room. Uh, as we come up to the break, uh, we've got about two or three uh, about two or three minutes before we we have to go and sell some stuff. Uh, but why is it wherever the British went, especially during our colonial period? You mean we haven't finished with our colonial period yet? Um, there are English ghosts. Why don't we hear much about Portuguese, Spanish ghosts in their colonised countries? Because they're not English, of course. Well, you may you may well hear about them, but we don't speak Portuguese, so we don't read the Portuguese newspaper. We don't care about the Portuguese and the the Spanish. God, what an impertinent question that was. <laughs> but it is. I mean, we we have these. We have a. Uh, we do have. Or do you think we have a, a distinct similarity? Uh, if you look at the Western culture of ghosts in the in the English speaking world, you know, Canada, Australia, New Zealand. Uh, South Africa, there is a similarity that you, you do see in the literature that relates to ghosts and, and phantoms. Uh, what, what are you asking me? Whether I think that yeah, there's a similarity? Yeah, oh, I mean, oh, well, well, let's we'll think about it. I mean, well, you think about it. Australia was uh, colonised by Europeans or by the British uh, in 1788. So we drink in pubs that are older than 1788 here in London. So it really is a speck in time, Australia. So the people there are maybe like, I'm first generation Australian. My parents are British. And so my friends, I mean, I think the most my friends would be, they might have been there like, you know, fifth generation. So we're talking like they would have arrived in Australia in the 1800s. So it's not really that far away. It's essentially the same country. It's just, it's, on, yeah. it's in a different part of the world. So our burial beliefs, our religious beliefs, all the kind of stuff is essentially the same. So there's no reason why our belief in the supernatural or the way we see the world is going to be any different. It's just that now Australia is so removed, we don't have the, you know, we, we, we don't see the same buildings as, you know, say here in London and Britain. So therefore we're not, we're kind of separated from the, the old world. So that's why we might be less, less thinking about death and history as maybe the people in Britain do. Well, we've got about one minute to go to the ad break. So in one minute, can you answer this really bizarre question? Um, are there any surfer ghosts? <laughs> oh, I'm sure there might be. I'm sure that people drown all the time, don't they, in surfing? So well, they get eaten by sharks and drown and Yeah, stuff. I don't know if they get eaten by sharks. I don't know if anyone's ever been really eaten by a shark. But uh, I think you're probably more likely to be drownings. So yeah. there's, I imagine there's, there's stuff with shipwrecks in Australia, down in Warrnambool and stuff like that, Lockhart Gorge and stuff like that, where a lot of people drowned in you know shipwrecks. So, I mean, it's, it's not quite surfing, but it's the same idea that people who drowned would be, you know, restless spirits, I imagine. Yeah, for, for the Neighbours fans, of course, people do come back from the dead in Australia, as Harold Bishop so famously does, managed yeah. to do in Neighbours after yeah. falling into the ocean. But we've got about... So do you want to give people the website details just before we run into the ad break and start selling some stuff? Okay, well, it's com. That's Isles as in the British Isles, not as in the, you know, cinema Isles. So com. Okay, cool. And in... Uh, We've got to go to an ad break and we've got to go and sell some stuff. So we'll be right back. You're listening to Toggynet, Para X, The Ghost Channel, Beyond Bizarre, The Ghost Box. 
You might even be listening to iTunes in the podcast if you're not listening to us live, but we'll talk to you in about two minutes. And hopefully Ron will be back. Stay with us, David. No worries. Monday mornings just got scarier. Tune in every Monday at 11 a.m. for another episode of Ghost Chronicles Morning Edition with New England's own Van Helsing, Ron Kolick, and his inquisitive travel companion, Lou Blassie, the professor. Hey, that's me. Each week we'll delve into the realm of the supernatural where all that is is not what it appears to be with remarkable guests, spirited conversation, and the occasional voice of the deceased. We'll bring you a whole new meaning to the term dead air. Ghost Chronicles, Mondays at 11 on Eagle Radio 1110. Welcome to Toginet, radio with a cutting edge. Feel the need to do some soul searching or make some changes in your life to create a more positive future? Then Circles of Wisdom is just the place for you. Circles of Wisdom is a metaphysical bookstore and more, located on Route 28 in downtown Andover, Massachusetts. We carry a large selection of books and music, crystals and gemstones, jewelry and gifts, sage, aromatherapy, and so much more, all in a relaxing and welcoming atmosphere. We offer classes on a variety of topics like yoga, Reiki, psychic development, alternative healing, and personal transformation. For guidance on this journey we call life, get a reading from one of our many readers at Circles of Wisdom, 90 Main Street in downtown Andover, right next to Bertucci's. Call us at 978-474-8010 or check us out on the web at www.circlesofwisdom.com. Lots to see and do in a feel-good place, an oasis in this hectic world. They're creepy and they're kooky, mysterious and spooky. They all talk gooky, the Parax family. The shows are paranormal, not stuffy but informal. The topics are abnormal, the Parax family. They're strange, deranged, unrestrained. So grab your favorite brew, it's time to rendezvous as we give awards to the Parax family. There you go. And the beating hearts that bring us back into part two of Ghost Chronicle International. And I'm pleased to say that during the break, we were rejoined by Ron. So uh, that's good. But um, our guest tonight is, of course, David Saunderson, who who is uh, our editor of the SpookyIsles.com website, which is one of my go-to, favourite go-to sites to keep me up to date with stuff, paranormal horror and history relating to this very small group of islands we call home. Uh, and it doesn't just deal with uh, the paranormal. It looks at the history. Uh, it looks at horror films and film reviews. There's television reviews. There's even a shop selling stuff including T-shirts and more, more, because we like, we like doing stuff. Uh, but 
There's one that I want to just ask about because I know. Ron's well, you know what? Question. You've been asking like for. I've half got hour. one last question. You yeah, just well, fine. Despite my early reports yeah, of my demise, I am back. Yeah. Well, what a shame that was. Um, yeah. But David, on your website, there is the "Have you seen a ghost?" Um, and you know, there's like a report form. What is it you do with? Is it just a collection point for just collecting the? Um... It's it's more of a collection. It's more it's more about ghost stories, really, because I mean, I think with a lot of stuff, it, I, I don't. Unless you're doing a proper investigation, which you know well well about. It's just a story, isn't it? It's just someone saying they saw something, and uh, and I find most of the time that people will just tell me, you know, they heard a creak or something like that. That could just be the plumbing, couldn't it? So uh, I'm just I'm, I'm just more interested about hearing about the ghost story, about how they felt and what it meant. So and we well, get very much of those, the tradition of the Ghost care, Club, of course. Don't care about your ghosts, no. Well, I was no, I mean the, the actual recounting of stories is very much in the tradition of the Ghost Club, which was predominantly founded as a gentleman's club for the telling exactly. of ghostly stories. Exactly. So, we have uh, we, you've heard us talking about bun yips and yowies, and I mentioned that infamous nasty little creature you have in New England, the pugwudgie. But oh, no, you're not you're not bringing those stupid pugwudgies up. So, anyways, you uh, David, how did how come we ended up speaking a half an hour in Australia? Because because I'm Australian and he he just he just asked me about it. That's how. I mean, because I'll... I wanted to know. It's Ghost Chronicles International, isn't it? It's a yeah, fabulous but I, place. I mean, I, I thought it's isn't the website about the British Isles? It, yeah. it is, but I'm, I'm multi talented. I could talk about many countries. So oh, at, least, oh, at oh. least at least at least two of them anyway. So yeah, um, yeah. We all we all know what Skippy. We all know about Skippy. What do we yeah. know about Skippy? That's an amazing kangaroo. What, the boys down the well, Skip? Yeah, yeah it's like Lassie. Whatever. Anyways, like uh, David, I, I'd like to uh, ask you a question because I, I, I was able to work with a group down there called Haunted Australia. I don't know if you had ever heard of them before. No, I haven't, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah but they, they talked about this creature. It was a, a goat man. Did you ever hear that one? No. Yeah, good, 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 good. After all, talking about Australia, the one freaking thing I bring up about Australia, you know, one damn thing about it. That's good. Okay, moving right along. It sounds like rubbish. That's why. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. So you have this website, I, and, and if you don't believe it, it's rubbish. Is that what you're trying to tell me? No, no, I'm not saying that. I'm saying. Is that what you're saying, David? I'm not quite sure. I am saying that, so yeah. So, uh, well, tell me about this goat man. No, that's yeah. okay. If you don't know about know about it and you think it's rubbish, then you know I really don't want to go there. Oh, it's it's in the American playing hurt again. I, I would like to talk about things that you really know about. You know, so we're talking about uh, UK, the British Isles, and and you don't know about Ireland, of course. Uh, so let's let's go. No, to... I, did. I said I don't know about I don't know about Irish pubs. I said I don't Irish know about Irish double pub. pubs. So. Oh, pubs. Yes. Okay. So you know about British pubs? I know about London pubs. So so we're only restricted to the city of London now? We could talk about whatever you like to talk about, so okay. I'm happy to uh, converse. So you're a member of the Ghost Club, huh? Yeah, I am, yeah. Yeah, so uh, have you ever gone to the meetings and stuff, I assume? I do, absolutely. I'm the events coordinator. I'm a member of the council. Oh, that, that's that's good. So when you go to these meetings, it, it, is it like the old days where they sit around and tell ghost stories, or is it how is it different? Than... They have some really well, cool well, speakers. 
we'll have uh, well we had Steve there the week uh, the month before last. So oh, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, so uh, that's you know, shows you. No, we we have very high quality. Uh, what we do is uh, every uh, every uh, about the third Saturday of the month, depending on the the holidays and stuff like that, we have uh, uh, we meet at the Victory Services Club, which is a, a club for. Uh, a retired military people so it's a very oh. nice plush place cool and and it's very nice uh, sometimes we meet at the king and queen but we we generally meet there at the victory services club which is not far from tyburn which is which used to be the uh, area where they used to hang and burn people at the stake so it's, you know, americans i'm guessing probably yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Probably, yeah. And uh, so we, we meet there, and uh, essentially at 2 o'clock, and we turn up, and uh, we sort of go through our general business, and then we have a guest speaker. And that could be anyone from around the way. And uh, the one before last was Steve, who came and spoke to us about time slips and some mm. of the mysterious stuff that happened in uh, Liverpool, uh, right. you know, coming up to the... Uh, the the trip that we took up to, and I wasn't able to attend, but others uh, travelled up to Liverpool to be shown around by Steve and Anne about some of the more interesting places around Liverpool. So they're the kind of things we do. So it's it's not quite the same as maybe uh, back in the olden days with the Ghost Club, because I imagine that would have been a lot of gentlemen just sitting around drinking cognac and waffling about whatever. Yeah, uh, sounds great, but- doesn't it? Yeah, it does. I've actually been doing a bit of research lately into the old Ghost Club, into the Harry Price Ghost Club when he was running it and when Peter Underwood was coming in. And that was very, very plush. I mean, that was – I'm looking at their – like, they have annual dinners. They were having annual dinners at the Savoy where they were having, you know, the the glitteratory of all of London there. Yeah, I saw the the guest list. You had the Bishop of London was attending the Ghost Club, you know, annual gala. You like – they had – I saw the invitation saying there's only 400 spaces, so get in quick. I thought this is marvellous if you're having 400 people come Coming to a ghost club meeting or a, at you know this beautiful you know huge hotel, so it, it's very much changed. I mean, we're, we're very much now just basically sitting around listening to people talk about ghost stories and then going down for a beer. So we're probably you know probably not as classy as we used to be, but we're still just as serious. No, that's that's good. I mean, I, I was actually a member last year, and unfortunately, I let it run out. So I, you also give out a quarterly report to a, a little magazine, I guess. That's right. Yeah, it's a lovely little magazine, and uh, everyone's allowed to uh, everyone's allowed to uh, you know put stuff in and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, see, so that's what you get for your you get your money. Say say you you know you can't come to the meetings. I think it's about thirty pounds a year, and you yep. get your uh, magazines, and you're obviously all welcome, and you get access to all our archives and stuff like that. So it's a uh, I, I think it's a it's a lovely club. So if I do so so myself, it is, and I, I I'm very proud to be one of the when I was invited to be one of the advisors to the Ghost Club. It was a great honour, considering that my hero was well. He refounded it, didn't he? Uh, because it had, it, it had lapsed, and then Harry came along in the twenty. Yeah. 20 was it the twenties or the thirties? Well, 30s? well it, got, it got ref. I, I think if I'm right, it got refounded. I'm trying to remember this because I was actually going through all these papers last week because there was at general times it sort of like it still existed, but you know how things go and mm. they drop down and there's less people involved. There was a big thing, and I think it was in the late 1930s, uh, and it was all in the very important newspaper saying that there was you know an effort to bring back the ghost club and and they did and for about 10 years there it was it was huge it was you know they were meeting every week you know i think that that we're talking thousands of meetings they were doing it uh and then eventually uh when rationing happened after the second world war they had to stop doing it because they couldn't have meet apparently you weren't allowed to have meetings with more than so many people in it because it was i don't know electricity or something here in britain was you know 
some reason why you couldn't do it. So it mm-hmm. kind of went down a bit then, and then Harry Price died, but then Peter Underwood basically took it took it back up to to the place where it is now. So, and you had fascinating people. You had like lots of famous names in there, and it was it was fantastic. I, well, it, Underwood also made another important change to the Ghost Club because um, he was the first really to introduce the investigations. Because prior to Underwood, essentially the Ghost Club didn't really conduct the investigations, although. It's got to be said that Underwood really only took uh, a select few of his friends, uh, and they were they went to visit some of the uh, the sort of stately homes and manors of the other friends that and contacts that Underwood had. But it was a, a, a change in the emphasis of the Ghost Club, which previously, uh, or to my understanding, hadn't really got involved in the investigation side. Yeah, no, I think I think that's right. I mean, you had SPR, uh, the Society of Psychological Research, were very much scientists and stuff like that. And Harry Price himself ran different investigations and stuff like that. But I don't think it was with the Ghost Club. I think, it, it, you know, people have different hats and he wore that hat. And, you know, the, the Ghost Club was really just more of a, you know, dining, drinking type of place. And then, as you say, Peter Underwood came in and Peter fantastic you know legendary fella but i think he kept the ghost tried to keep the ghost club a, a, a lot more uh, exclusive and as as society has gone on uh, into the 90s or into the 80s and 90s that kind of thing's not really it's got a bit frowned upon now you know we think that everyone should be allowed to be involved in things if they're wanting to participate and so there was a bit of a break up there and he went off and formed his own the ghost club society and uh, never really yeah we've continued on and unfortunately uh, peter died a couple of years ago but he, he continued on doing his investigations and writing his books, and uh, and that's where, that's where we are now. We're, we're basically we've got uh, the Ghost Club still exists, and it's more about we do investigations. Because I went on an investigation with them uh, late last year at Fulham Palace, which was interesting. And uh, mm. but it's 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 more about just on a Saturday catching up with good people and uh, and talking about you know interesting things. Do you yes. still have? You think you still have the prestige you used to have back in the day? Does anyone have prestige that they had back in the day? I, I don't know. I, I'd like to think we do. Uh, we're still the original society. Uh, I think there's a lot more. Uh, there's a lot more. Cl- uh, I say clubs. There's more organisations now that claim that they're you know, paranormal investigators and right, there's, a exactly. lot of, there's a lot of them. Uh, we don't claim to be anything other than what we are. We are the Ghost Club. We are the Ghost Club that was formed in 1862. Uh, we have had members uh, from Arthur Conan Doyle to Charles Dickens to uh, Algernon Blackwood to W.B. Yeats to Dennis Wheatley, uh, Steve Parsons, David Saunderson, you know, people <laughs> that are, you know, are important people. I mean, we get our prestige from that. Uh, I think mm-hmm. you've got places like SPR, which are obviously very, very prestigious. But, I mean, uh, we're not having a sort of a, you know, who's better than others. No, we're no, just, no. Uh, I wasn't yeah. getting at that. I, my, my, my question really was aimed at, like, all these new groups that are out there. And, you know, here you have, a, a you know, a great organization like the Ghost Club where you have so many minds melding together. And yet we have all these little groups. So I was just wondering if, you know, it, you know that they thought they were better than, you know, the ghost club or uh, if you got that impression that that it just didn't no. have the prestige as it used to have no, one, I, of, I, I, one I, of the things yeah. sorry david one of the yeah. things that um is, is absolutely evident and we've talked about before on the show is the investigators kind of like to uh, give themselves a backstory and give themselves uh, a history you know they 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 do it in bizarre ways you know they say uh, 
uh, you know, six hundred years cute... of investigators. We exactly, but in the case of the Ghost Club and the SPR, um, they don't need a backstory. They have their own backstory, which goes right the way back to, you know, the earliest scientific examination of uh, the psychical phenomena. So okay. there's no backstory required by the Ghost Club uh, or the Society for Psychical Research. Although there is some contention over the dates, isn't there, David? Because the Ghost Club claim 1862, but documents. Um, there is a little bit of difficulty pushing back beyond 1882, which, uh, so you may, and there's, there's, there is also so many shared members. Uh, so many of members of the Ghost Club are also members of the SPR and uh, hold positions in both, in both organizations. And I think linearly, um, both can claim uh, foundation in 1882, but the Ghost Club does um, attempt to push back beyond into 1862. Well, I, I looked at the paper. When I was looking through this paperwork a couple of weeks ago, and uh, the story that we say now, we talk about, you know, it was formed in Cambridge in 1862, blah, blah, blah. They were saying that back in the 1930s. So mm-hmm. it's not something we've just come up with. No, no, no. It's been no, long. No, it's, no, no. no well, well, I'm, you know, I'm, you're right. I mean, there probably is a bit of murkiness about when the actual time, when who was the first date and all that kind of stuff. But we can only go with what we're told. So, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I think 1862, right. it's not all our documents. So, you know, it sounds good to me. I, I like it. So it's, it, it's clearly an old Victorian organisation, so there you go. I think uh, yeah, that's enough for me. What's interesting as well is that um, they both seem to come from that same route from from Cambridge, from Trinity College in Cambridge. Uh, they both seem to have that common route, and so many common bonds between the two organisations today. Yeah, well, even some some of the people that sit on the council of the the Ghost Club are involved in the SPR. So you know, it's 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 there's still much of a free flow of information. Uh, I've never been involved with the SPR. I've been more the the Ghost Club side of things because I'm more interested in the the stories. I, I find the SPR stuff fascinating because it's uh, you know it's where all the science is involved, and you've got you know scientists there going through stuff. Uh, just sometimes I find that a little bit dry at times. Yeah, which it's I, full of para- it can be full of parapsychologists, and you can't get much dry than a parapsychologist. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, hey. Unless a science guy. Ah, scientists, science is cool. It's psychologists that are all a bit strange. Uh, yeah, yeah. Anyways, uh, David, uh, we, we've gotten off your topic, which was your website. <laughs> so, uh, once again, could you give us out the website and give us a, a brief description of, of what we can find? Uh, this is for someone who's turned in late. Okay, well, all right. Well, it's a Spooky Isles, www.spookyisles.com. Isles as in the British Isles, because we're all very spooky. And uh, the the kind of articles that we run are, you know, paranormal experiences, history, uh, horror stories, uh, you know, literature, art, uh, dark history. So it could be anything from, say, like, you know, a story about the real-life Dick Turpin. It's a bit of crime there back in the, you know, highwayman back in the 1700s. And even to the stories about him being a ghost. He's the hardest working ghost next to Anne Boleyn in all of Britain. You know, <laughs> he's, you know there's stories about him all over, you know, all over England. Even, I think there's even a story about him being in Northern Ireland at one stage. So, uh, you've, kind of that kind of thing. We're just we're really interested about finding out, you know, all the different hamlets of, uh, Britain, every borough, finding out what, what's there. So uh, my vision for the site is a bit like what Steve said tonight, look, that anyone could go there and, uh, you know, I live, say I live in, uh, I don't know, say, say I live in Liverpool and I want to find out are there any ghosts in this part of town, uh, I could type it in and there might be something there. So that's what I've been trying to do. And, uh, and, and I'm also about 
people who want to write. I, I invite bloggers to, to guest blog for us all the time because I think it's a, I'd really like to build a community around Spooky Owls where people can talk about the paranormal and, mm-hmm. you know, what's happening in their, you know, it's just fascinating, isn't it? I know so many more people now because of the Spooky Owls because I could, you know, talk to them through the website. Mm-hmm. Now, when you, you have all these stories that people uh, submit, um, do, have you found, like, different common threads in different areas? You said, like, for instance, if you were going to look at a, what was happening in Liverpool, uh, do you find that you, you get several stories about a, a particular ghost or a particular location or even particular uh, similar results? For instance, like, uh, you know, we have the, the, the haunted hitchhiker in America where, you know, he, he's all over the country. Uh, you have many reports of the same thing. Uh, it, it, does that show up in, in in your stories? Well, they do. I mean, we've got we've got. Well, I don't know. Uh, we had a. I think we had a, a haunted hitchhiker story the other day here. I don't know if that's what you were referring to. There was one in the in I think Shropshire in the mm-hmm. uh, the. We're certainly not the, short of them in the UK. No. So I mean, are you are you mean more the idea that you've got like a, a sort of a, a theme going on, like a, there's a haunted hitchhiker, or there's a headless woman, or there's a, a you know a harpy or something like that? Is that what you mean? Well, yeah. I mean, is it is there a correlation between, like, for instance, a particular ghost story in a particular area? Is you know, do they they show up more often in Liverpool, for instance? This this haunted Hitchcock. Is there are many reports versus you know there are occasional ones from other parts of the country. But so could you you know, is there a correlation between a particular haunting or a particular thing in a in a particular area? Well, I, I'm not, I, I don't. I, I can't really see that because I mean I think you'd have to do so much research on a particular area to see if there was something like that. What I do find is, and I've from doing this for five years, I'm trying. To, I'm starting to get the idea of what actually a ghost is, or what what the, the most common of a spirit or uh, a sighting might be, and I'm finding that it's not the people don't tend to see. You know the the movie style ghosts. You know the ones that walk through walls or mm-hmm. uh, you know look like you know Casper the Friendly. You know that kind of ghost. I'm finding that they're more likely to be looking at someone just walking down the street or in a house, and someone will be standing there, and then boom, they're not there anymore. But they look mm-hmm. like a real person beforehand. So it's not like they could ever see through them. It's just I'm finding that's what I, I, I don't know what you that you lot think, but I, I think no. that. Ghosts do not look like ghosts. They only ghosts when they're not there anymore. Does that make sense? I was going to say, in in the in the website uh, and in your collection of accounts, have you noticed what I certainly have seemed to have you know become apparent is a shift from your archetypal ghost, the disappearing figure, as you've just described which has in the last five years morphed into something much more demonic and evil, uh, you know, as reflected in social media and the mainstream media. Is that reflected on the site and in people's accounts? Now that you say that, I wouldn't have thought that beforehand, but now you've just said it, it actually does make actually a lot of sense. I do find that in recent times, and this may be a, a TV thing because it's all in these TV shows, it's all about demons and, you know, mm-hmm. evil spirits because it's all about, you know, ratings. But I think you're. I think you're probably right. I think you'll find that more people are talking about, uh, you know, evil, demonic, you know, possessions now. More day, mm. you know, and I've I've seen that a lot when you go out on uh, investigations, not with the ghost club, but with other sort of groups. There always there always seems to be demonic spirits, which I, I, 
in old stories, you never hear that, did you? It no, was, it's, no. it's, it's like it's a new thing now almost that, you know, oh, I think there's, you know, he's not, he's not happy this one. I mean, wh- when did you ever hear that in old stories? It wasn't. It was well, always, you know, like, you, know, you know, David, it, it may be, uh, it may be because we're getting closer to Armageddon, you know, the dead is rise, yeah, the evil is coming, and, you, know, you know. But anyway, yeah, I, I think of, we're just extending the, the idea of, you know, the sensationalist media wanting to drive the idea forward because uh, I, I, I was looking through, you know, how Facebook gives you your memories now. Um, um, a year, two years ago, I, I posted something uh, relating to that everybody's going to be looking for poltergeists, and you know what? Since the Enfield thing, we've got the we've got the the whole case that's just come up now. The most you know terrifying building. We've got the you've got the case in Seattle, the Seattle poltergeist. You've got uh, of course Pontefract. We are seeing this shift that's been driven by not just the mainstream media, but it's being picked up and. Uh, exploited by social media because the groups are sharing the information between themselves well, and I, I you know doing each other. That's I, you know I I find that what Dave said and I wanted to get back to it before I was so rudely interrupted was I'm that I only uh, here to interrupt. Yeah, I know. Was was that you said and this is very clearly that ghosts look like us and they just disappear. Yet you go on Facebook and, and some of these ghost sites uh, or personal sites and we're always getting these little smudges or little balls or, or little things and, and they're described as, you know, here is evidence of ghosts. It, it's, it's just, you know, how did we get from the reports of a solid person just disappearing to these little smudges and balls and stuff as being ghosts? Well, I think, well, I like what I was looking on Steve's Facebook earlier today, and he's got this thing about, you know, the orbs and stuff like that, where they're clearly just, <laughs> you know, photography, and you don't use your flash in the, wet, you know, the wet weather and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Why, 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 is, why do spirits supposedly turn themselves into little balls of energy? I don't get it. It's just, you're right. How have we gone from full bodies to smudges on camera lenses as evidence of the afterlife? Because people are desperate. Uh, I think is the, is the essential because they're discovering that the the old-fashioned white lady drifting silently down the corridor, annoying nobody, is just so passe. It, it just doesn't work in the media. People no. want, and people are realizing that the equipment that they're using, that they've spent you know lots of dollars on, isn't working. It's not delivering the ghosts. Mm-hmm. So they so what they're you know they're up in every smudge, every every blemish on an audio recording or a picture becomes paranormal. But unfortunately, yeah. we have a conundrum here because I, I remember that a woman sent me a, a, a picture of her and it was in Atlanta and it showed, you know, her and there was a little girl and everything. And she said, what do you think of this picture? And I said, well, I really don't see anything. It's a nice picture of you. She said, can't you see the ghost? And I said, no. She said, the little girl wasn't there. <laughs> the little girl wasn't there. So... You know, even if we did get positive proof, otherwise we had a a picture of a ghost, most people wouldn't believe it anyways because it would be too real. Yeah. Well, can you photograph a ghost? I mean, that's you've got to ask that question as well. Can Can we? I don't know. 
I don't kill Arthur Conan Doyle, going back to the start of the show, Arthur Conan Doyle did. Uh, he believed fervently that you could photograph a, a ghost, um, even when he was shown as a part of the crew circle sittings that the, the picture had been faked. He still resolutely stuck to his guns. But we've got 30 seconds to go, David. So for those who are wondering what the heck we've been talking about and the go-to website uh, that I use all of the time, um, do you want to give them the details one last time for the Spooky Isles? Spooky Isles, www.spookyisles.com. That's S-P-O-O-K-Y-I-S-L-E-S.com. Check it out, people, because it's a very cool website with lots of good stuff about the UK. And uh, there are there's 114 pages of interesting stuff. Oh, wait a minute. That's the, that's the bell, which means we still have two minutes left. Is it? Yeah, that was a doorbell pizza from the dead, so we still have two minutes. So, Dave, I, I do want you to... Better tell, you better tell the producers that. who just counted me down. Yeah, well, <laughs> get over it. Uh, anyways, uh, you're, you're too literal. You're too literal, Steve. Oh, okay. Anyways, I just Dave, go by what I'm told. Dave, I want to thank you so much for uh, for being on the show. And, and uh, you know, sorry I couldn't interrupt you early in the, the uh, show, but... Uh, that's all right. I've been, it would have been hard for you to interrupt me anyway, I think, even if you had been on. I do tend to talk a lot. Uh, yeah, but it's interesting stuff. No, and uh, really, do, really welcome. I, it was a really welcome and refreshing change not to have Ron j- jumping all over the guest. If you come over here, I'll fix your butt. <laughs> so uh, I do want to let you know I will get my uh, Ghost Club membership in the mail. Very good. <laughs> We don't want to lose any members. We need to be we need to be as prestigious as possible with lots and lots of members. Yeah, they have an excellent they have an excellent council member, and uh, they organise some excellent visits, uh, including one to Liverpool this past weekend that, that Anne and I helped with. Uh, did it go we, Did it go well? Uh, it, well, we were only involved in the the uh, day one, which was a tour of some of the the time well, I was Dave. The, I was I wasn't there, so I, I couldn't see. attend. So uh, <laughs> I couldn't attend. I, I want to go, but I'll, I'll go back. I'll go one day. I've been to Liverpool once, so I need to go again. So I've seen passing once. You've seen them once. I went. To, I went to the Beatles Museum, so that just shows you I did the what everyone does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think actually on the second day, I think some of them did go to the Beatles Museum, but you sure. can't go to Liverpool. Or not. So, um, did they talk to uh, John Lennon's jacket? Uh, nobody's house in Menlo Avenue, Liverpool, is haunted by by Lennon. Oh well. Anyways, <laughs> so there's the uh, real end of the show. So it's time for us to really go. So thank you, David, so much for being on your sh- on the show. And uh, thanks a lot, David. Always, always thank, a thank you for having thank you for having me. It's been it's been a lot of fun. It's been a pleasure. So until next time, I guess it's time to say goodbye and uh, God bless. Good night, God bless. to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us good law.